All right, good morning again. How many of you like change? Anybody like change? No? Some people like change. Yeah, I like change. I, I enjoy change. Um, about this time of the year, January 1st, we have a major change, don't we, in life? We're leaving one year behind. We're going into a whole new year. And so a new year is a change, whether we uh, still live in the same old house, have the same old job, and, and are still around the same old people, right? So uh, change. Life is about change, and I know it can be hard for us to deal with. Um, sometimes life brings things that are new that we're not ready for or weren't prepared for or uh, didn't see coming. And so uh, how do you do that? How do you prepare for life when you don't know what's coming down the track? You know, you don't know. Well, I suggest that you uh, turn to God. Amen? Yeah. Let's turn to Isaiah chapter 43 this morning. I want to talk about going from one year to a new year and how we manage that transition, that change in life. Isaiah 43, and when you get there, find verse 16. You know, every new year is a new beginning. Isn't that true? It's a new beginning, and every year is a journey. And if you really want to make it into manageable parts, every day is a journey through life. Whatever's happening, whatever we're going through, it's a journey, and we get through it, and uh, we get through it with our God. Isaiah 43, verse 16, this is what the Lord says. He who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters, who drew out the chariots and horses, the army, and reaffordeth us together. There they lay, never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. Forget the former things, and do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the desert, and streams in the wasteland. The wild animals honor me, the jackals and the owls, because I provide water in the desert and streams in the wasteland to give drink to my people, my chosen, the people I formed for myself, that they may proclaim my praise. Powerful words from God himself. Let's pray. Father, this morning we do want to honor you. We do want to praise you. We do want to walk through this life with you. We desperately need you, Lord, to provide those streams of blessings, those waters in the wasteland. And we provide and we ask you, Lord, to provide them in this year. However we may need, we know that you'll supply. And so I would just pray that you would bless each person that's here today and those who couldn't make it. I pray, God, that you'd bless your church in a very special way this year. That 2019 will be so much greater than 2018 was. Thank you for the victories that you gave us in that year, 2018. We thank you for watching over us, for blessing us. We thank you for all that you did for us. We don't forget those things, Lord. And we thank you, God, that we can lean on you into the future. That We don't know what's coming down the road in 2019, but we know that you do. And so we turn and we rely upon you. We ask for your blessings to be with us. The, bless, the greatest blessing we could ask for, God, is your very presence. And I ask for that double, Lord. I ask, Father, that you would... Use me and guide me and direct me, Lord, to uh, serve you better, to proclaim your word uh, with, with your power, and uh, always to bring up your truths. And I pray, God, that you'd bless this church through uh, the leadership of the, of, the, of the church, of itself, of deacons, the Sunday school, the leadership team, myself, Anna, choir, anybody who's, who's in a leadership role, I pray you'd guide and direct each and every one of them, Lord, as we seek to to follow you and, and lead the church to do your will. 
We pray, Father, that you'd use us as a church in a powerful, powerful way this year, Lord. We want to see you do great things in Lawrence, Kansas. So, Lord, use us for that, for your glory, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, um, I don't know about you, but what happened to 2018? I think about at the end of every month last year, I asked Anna, what happened? What happened to July? What happened to, to August? What happened to November? What happened to December? What happened to 2018? I think 2018 was one of the fastest years that I've ever experienced in my life. I don't really know why, but it just felt like it went by fast for me anyway. I'm glad 2018 is over, though. I'm glad to be done with 2018. I'm ready to see what God is going to do in the new year in 2019. I'm ready to see what is he going to do in our lives, yours and mine. What's he going to do? What's he going to do in our lives? What's he going to do in the life of the church? I want to see God work in the life. Don't you want to see God working in the life of the church? Amen. I want to see God bless the church in powerful ways. I want to see God bless people's lives who live in Lawrence who will hear about him through our ministries. I want to see us expand our ministry outreach in, in Lawrence. I want to see us where we're doing more Bible studies and reaching more people in Lawrence, Kansas, and seeing their lives change, not just getting to share the gospel, but seeing the gospel and seeing God change people's lives. That's what I want to see 2019. Every new year is a beginning. It's not a do-over. It's not a mulligan. If you play golf, you know what that means. It's not a do-over. It's not a mulligan. It's a fresh start. It's a whole fresh start. We don't have to do what we did in 2018 and 2019. We can try new things as a church. We can minister to people in different ways. And I'm hoping to see that happen. We're working on that right now. Some of us are working on trying to reach out into Lawrence, into a neighborhood, and trying to start Bible study so that we can get to know people and, and serve them. And I'm hoping that you'll help us with that. We can minister to people in Lawrence in different ways. Let's get excited about 2019. Let's be excited about what God is going to do. Amen? Yeah, we should be getting excited. Every year is a journey. Every year is a journey. We're going to journey through whatever God gives us. I don't know who all is going to be here at the end of the year. But it's a journey. I might not be here at the end of the year. I might be absent from the body and with the Lord. You know, you never know, right? We don't, God doesn't promise us another day. But so it's a journey. Every year's a journey. What happens in our life and in the life of Cornerstone will depend for the most part on us. On us, on you and I. Our spiritual growth or lack of spiritual growth will determine a lot of what happens in our lives. In my life and your life. Will you grow? Or will you just stagnate, stay where you are? And will your life turn out differently because you stagnate and stay where you are? Or will you grow and see new opportunities in life that God gives you for all kinds of things? Will you look back at the end of this new year and wish you'd done some things differently? Or will you look back and celebrate all the victories and successes that God gave you? You know, what, do you, what is your, your view of the year going to be? All of that depends on you, you and me. It's on us. Growing in your relationship with God is on you. Loving Him, serving Him, worshiping Him, and helping others come to know God for themselves, it's on you, it's on me, it's on us. It's not on somebody else, it's on us. We're the church. We're not here just for us, we're here for God, we're here for ourselves, we're here for, for other people. And a lot of it depends upon us. 
I said this a lot in 2018, especially during Christmas season, but I really do believe this, and I've believed it for a long time. I think the book of Isaiah is one of the best books in the Bible. I actually think that the, that the book of Isaiah is one of the best pieces of literature that's ever been written. If you study the book of Isaiah, if you read it and study it, you'll see it's a beautiful book. In the book of Isaiah is the creation and the creator. In the book of Isaiah is angels, demons. There's Satan and there's Jesus. There's his, his birth is there. His life is there. His death is there. His resurrection is there. The next life is there. I call the book of Isaiah a Bible inside the Bible. It's all there. All that's in the Bible is really also in there in the book of Isaiah. I love the book of Isaiah. It's a beautiful, beautiful book. That's why I chose this to start today, because I love the book of Isaiah so much. In today's passage, God said something we need to hear at the beginning of a new year. We really need to listen to what we read just earlier, just a few minutes ago. We need to go through this and talk about this, because it's important. Point number one on your outline today. I hope you have your outline ready, a pin out. God says, forget the past. God says, forget the past. Forget 2018. Cut it loose. Let it go. Don't worry about that anymore. Look at verse 16 with me. This is what the Lord says. He who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters, who drew out the chariots and horses, the army and reinforcements together, and they lay there never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. Forget the former things and do not dwell on the past. There are some things in the Bible that were written specifically for Israel. If you read your Old Testament, some of those things were written just for Israel, nobody else. But most of those passages, like this one here in Isaiah, can be applied in some way to the people of God's lives today. So all of Scripture has something to say to us today, though it might have been written to people 2,000, 3,000, 4,000, 5,000 years ago. It's still applicable. We can still learn and apply it. It's the same God speaking to us today who spoke to Isaiah and to the people of Israel then. Same God. Hasn't changed. So his lessons can be learned from long ago and applied today. And we need to hear God speak just as much as they did in Isaiah's day. I think maybe even more so. Because we're closer to the end of time. We're closer to the judgment time. We're closer to the return of Christ. Something the new year does for us is that it can help us let go of the past. How many of you have something in your life you want to just let go of? It happened long ago. It might have happened last year. Uh, it might have happened in your childhood. You want to let go of this, but it's hard. I think all of us have something, big or little. And we want to let go of these things, and it's, it's a struggle. A new year can help us do that, and a new year can make us kick that can back into 2018. It can help us let go of the past. Sure, turning the page on a calendar or starting a new calendar that's easy. I know that's easy. But we all have these things that we need to let go of. So how do we do that? And it's hard. I know that. Maybe some of us have an old habit that we need to kick, that we need to let go of, to forget about. Maybe that we need to reject an old, a familiar old temptation that kind of makes us weak. And we need to reject that and let go of that and forget about it or find new ways to grow in our faith. We, maybe we need to start reading our Bible more. Or maybe you need to join a group. Maybe you don't necessarily need to start reading the Bible more, studying them more, but you need to join some other people 
in a group and study the Bible that way. And we can do that here. We have Sunday school at 9.30. We have men's and women's Bible study groups that meet throughout the week. We, we are willing to start more. If you would like to be in a, in a Bible study, we'll help you figure out how to do that, and we'll help lead that. If you want to start a Bible study, we'll help you and empower you and equip you for that. But maybe you need to get involved in a Bible study group. You haven't been in one for a while. And you need to grow somehow. How are you going to do that? More often than not, the best way is to grow with some other, somebody else. And you can do that. And by the way, that is also, that is also can be a great way to reach out to others by inviting them to just a Bible study in your home or somebody's home or at a restaurant or a coffee shop. A nice, easy way to introduce somebody else to Jesus Christ. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to let go of some of the things of the past. There'll still be plenty of good things to hold on to. Isn't that right? I have good memories from 2018. I'm not going to forget those. But all the bad things I'm going to let go of because I can't do nothing about it anyway. So it's gone. I'm going to cut that string loose. Don't, for, don't be afraid to forget some of the things of the past. Look again at verse 16 to 17. God reminded the people of Israel of the time he parted the Red Sea and he, and he led them to safety. But God did that for them. He didn't do that for Pharaoh and his army, did he? No, look at verse 16 with me. This is what the Lord says. He who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters, who drew out the chariots and horses, the army and reinforcements together. And they lay there never to rise again, extinguished, stuffed out like a wick. Wow, God says, hey, remember what I did when Moses led you out, led the people out of Egypt? Remember that? I took you to the Red Sea, and there I parted it, and you got through on dry ground, but Pharaoh and his army didn't. None of his army survived, and you made it through. Remember that? And God reminded them of that. He reminded them that it was he, not Moses, who was their Savior. And we need to remember that too. We need to remember it's God who saves, not the parent or the grandparent, not the brother or sister, aunt or uncle, Sunday school teacher, Bible study leader, best friend, pastor. It's God who saves. That should give us hope for those around us who are struggling to accept God, who reject Him out of hand right away. Because you and I, we don't save them, but God can. If you have somebody in your life who, uh, who you've tried to reach out to with Christ, and they've rejected Christ and said, I don't want to hear about that, what do you do? Pray for them. That's all you have to do. Pray for them and open up your eyes and let God show you another opportunity to share Christ with them. Because He will if you let Him and if you watch for Him. Remember, God is the one who saves, not Moses. Then God says something that seems kind of strange. Look at verse 18. Look what God says there in verse 18. He says, forget the former things and do not dwell on the past. Now why would God say that? He just got done reminding them of what He'd done at the Red Sea. Why is He saying this? Sometimes we hold on to what God has done instead of looking to see what God is going to do or even doing in the very present. We, we look in the rearview mirror as we're driving. You ever do that? Yeah. You start looking in the rearview mirror and seeing things. You're looking in the rearview mirror more than you're looking into the windshield. That's why I call this the rearview versus the windshield view of life. We're looking back instead of looking forward. And we need to be looking forward because the future is coming at us 100 miles an hour. And we need to be watching for that. We need to forget the things of the, of the past and start looking for what God is doing 
now and in the present and the future. Listen to what Paul said in Philippians 3.13 and 14. He says, Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, he said, forgetting what is behind, straining towards what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Paul said, look, I did a lot of horrible things in my life. But I'm straining forward now. I'm looking forward now. I'm letting go of those things that I don't like about myself, that I did, that I can't change, and I'm going to go keep on straining forward towards God, towards heaven, towards Jesus. That's what you and I have to do. That's exactly what we, we have to do. Take your eye off the rearview mirror and start looking in the windshield. God doesn't. God doesn't. God doesn't want us to dwell on the things he did in the past. He really doesn't. He wants us to celebrate them and move on. We should expect to see and experience God in new and fresh ways in the present, right now, and in the future in 2019. Ways that we're not used to seeing him working, maybe, or speaking to us in Bible study or prayer time. Or seeing people, these people that have been hard to share Christ with, coming to Christ, coming to saving faith. We should expect to see God do that in our lives and the lives of people around us. We have to start expecting that. Expectation is a form of faith. If you don't expect anything from God, what are you going to get? Probably not a whole lot. But if you expect God, you're looking and you're watching and you're waiting and you're probably praying, I would hope you are, about God doing something. Expectation is a form of faith. That's why God says forget the past, look to the future. Then point number two, God says have faith. God says have faith. He'll make a way. When you can't see the way, He'll make a way. What does the Bible say about God's Word? His Word is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. Right? He'll make a way. Look at verse 19. See, I am doing a new thing. See. Look. See. Expect. I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? Be watching. I'm making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. I love this verse. There's a lot of hope in this verse. A lot of encouragement in this verse. God says this to us just as he said it to Israel in Isaiah's day. A new year at the beginning looks long. 2019, we're 356 days. That means we have 350 days left, right? I mean, I'm not looking forward to the end of the year yet. I'm just saying that's a long time, 350 days, but it's going to go by fast. It, it can appear challenging because it's the unknown. It's the future. We don't know what's going to happen. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Live your life. Do the best you can to take care of yourself and others around you. But don't worry about the things that you can't control or deal with. Write this down. Got a pencil paper there? Write this down. I will not fret over what I cannot control. Write that down. I will not fret over what I cannot control. I will not fret over what I cannot control. Because God is in control. Yeah. And don't forget that. I've chosen not to fret over the things that I cannot control because God is in control. So I can take that load off of me and do what he calls me to do and not fret over the things I can't control over. That's a big mind change for a lot of us. 
At Christmas 1939, England faced a very bleak new year for 1940. The war had begun in 1939 between England and Germany and Italy, and the war was not going good for Britain, for the English people. Every year at Christmas, King George VI would give an annual speech, a national speech, kind of like the president does the State of the Union, and so King George did that as well. And he's trying to figure out what is he going to say in the midst of all this turmoil and all this terrible stuff going on. They're back into a war again. and It's horrendous and their men are being killed. And So he goes to a poem and he quotes this poem called God Knows. Who would have thought that a king of England would quote a poem called God Knows? But listen to what King George quoted. He said, I said to the man who stood at the gate of the year, give me a light that I may tread safely into the unknown. He replied, go into the darkness and put your hand in the hand of God. That shall be to you better than a light and safer than a known way. King George didn't know what was going to happen in 1940. 41, 42, 43, 44, 45. He didn't know. but He didn't even live to see it all. He died. So he looked to God. He said, I'm going to put my hand in God's hand. And I'm going to let him lead me into this new year. We can't control the future, can we? We can barely keep a handle on today, right? We barely struggle at keeping today going in the right direction. Why are we worried about 350 days out? Let's deal with today and right now. And let's let God deal with everything else. And all we're ever given it is today, really, is the moment that we're in. That's all we're ever given. We're not promised. I don't care if the Bible says you can, you're supposed to man to live 80 years or 120 years, whatever. We're not promised any of that. Good people die a lot younger than I am. And so we're not promised these things. So take God by the hand. Let Him lead you through 2019. His way is better than a known way. I mean, I know lots of ways to live in life, don't you? They're not all good. I'd rather live by God's way, by letting Him lead me. And I'm going to try and grow in that. I hope you will too. God is in control. He's in control right now today. And he's in, he'll be in control tomorrow and in the future. He already knows what's going to happen every day of this year. He knows, so why not trust in him? It's my hope and prayer that 2019 is not a desert or a wasteland for you and me. That's my hope and prayer. But if that's how 2019 ends up, and it could, God said he'll make a way in the desert. God said he'll have blessings. Streams and wasteland, that's a blessing. You've got to go through the desert. Wouldn't you rather go through it with God than by yourself? Right. He'll have these things waiting in advance on that day, waiting for you to refresh you and to encourage you. If you're His people. If you belong to Him. That's the key. Pharaoh and his army didn't belong to God. But Moses and the people of Israel did. Who got protected? And who didn't? Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6. Trust the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. He'll make your path straight. I like that verse, don't you? This should be our verse for 2019. I think we should take this verse and, and adopt it for 2019. Trust God. Lean on God. Acknowledge God in everything that you do. If we'll do those things, He promised to straighten out everything for us. If we're His people. And if we seek his help. Here's another great quote. Fear knocked at the door. Faith answered. And lo, no one was there. 
Faith can overcome fear. Why? If your faith is placed in the right place. You can have faith in a lot of things. I have faith that the car I drive is going to start up when I go out. I won't know if that faith is fulfilled until I go out there and start it up. But I know that God never gets shut off. Never turns away. Never fails. So I trust in Him more than my car, my car, don't you? And my bank account. True? We better. Yeah. And, and when God leads you through the deserts and the wastelands of life, point number three, God says praise Him. Praise Him. And if you don't have to go through a desert or live in a wasteland, you better praise Him for that too, right? That's right. Verse 20. The wild animals honor me, the jackals and the owls, because I provide water in the desert, streams in the wasteland, to give drink to my people, my chosen, the people I formed for myself, that they may proclaim my praise. Everything God does for you, He does so you will praise Him. He expects that. He expects us to praise Him. Everything He does for us, He expects to be praised for because He's God. So if you don't have to go through a desert, praise Him. And if you have to go live in a wasteland for a while, and He's there with you, and he will be if you belong to him. Praise him then too. He'll get you out. I think these two verses here are very interesting to me. God says, I provide water in the desert and streams of the wasteland to give drink to my people, my chosen, the people I formed for myself, that they may proclaim my praise. First thing I see from these verses is, if you really want to experience God's blessings, you might have to go through a desert. And you might have to live in a wasteland. You just might have to. But God will be there. And he'll watch over you. And it doesn't sound fun, does it? Going through a desert or a wasteland. Ann and I lived in a desert for a year, a little over a year. I hated the desert. I know lots of people who love the desert. I hated it. For all kinds of reasons. But I hated the, literally hated the desert. Because there's no life. There was life there. You just have to look for it. But I didn't see it. Because all I could see was the desert. Don't get caught up in that, that wasteland idea or thinking. Because there's God. He's right there. He's right there with you, providing for your needs just enough when you need enough. Just like he did his people when they wandered in the desert 40 years. Praise God he didn't make me stay there 40 years. I praise God for that. That one year or so was enough. I felt like I'd been there 40 years. This is why Psalms 47, verse 6 and 7 tells us this. It says, sing praises to God. Sing praises. Sing praises to our King. Sing praises. I, I wonder, I, w I wonder what would God do if we begin to really sing praises to Him? I, I, I look for that. I want us to really sing more from our heart. I can't sing with a hoot, but I, I'm trying to sing more because I want to praise Him in song. I hope you'll join me in that. Sing praises for God is the king of all the earth. The good and the bad, he's in control over it. Sing to him a psalm of praise. God is the king of all the earth. He is, amen? He is. He's in control. Even though Satan's doing stuff and devils are doing things, God is king of all the earth. His people survived deserts. Literally, read the Old Testament. His people survived the deserts. They make it through the wastelands because... He provides water and streams of blessings in the worst of times. Just enough when we need enough. 
right? Yeah. I mean, this isn't just from the Bible. This should be lived out in our lives. We should be able to say, hey, I know there's a time in my life when God did something so wonderful. I really needed this, and he did it. And it was just awesome. We should be able to think about those things. Jesus told a woman at a well one time that out of him, that if she had a relationship with him, that anyone who had a relationship with him would flow streams of living water. Does that sound good? Yeah, if you're thirsty and you're at a physical well looking for water and someone says, hey, I can give you streams of living water, that sounds really, really good. In John 4, 14, Jesus told that woman, whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. I like that. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. I like that too, don't you? Yeah. So in 2019, don't settle for what's happened in 2018. Don't say, well, that was good enough and... I'm going to repeat that, and it'll be good enough. Forget about that. Forget about 2018. Have faith that God will make a way and praise Him when He does and when He doesn't have to. Don't settle for where you are with God right now. Seek to grow in your relationship with God. Grow more if you have that relationship started, and if you don't have that relationship, start one today. I want to challenge you. Start it today. Begin today to grow in your relationship with God. Trust in Jesus Christ today. Start the year out right. Amen? Yeah. Some men took their friend. He was paralyzed to Jesus. They had no other hope. They knew that Jesus was doing things and he could help people the way other people couldn't. So they took this friend of theirs who was paralyzed to him to be healed. They had faith that he could do something for their friend. And Jesus told the man, he looks at him, he says, your, son, your sins are forgiven. Nearby, a little ways over here, so were a group of religious leaders uh, men who thought they knew everything about God, the Bible. And they talked to talking about themselves, talking amongst themselves and the, after they heard what Jesus said, and they said that he was blaspheming against God by saying and doing what only God could say or do. And Jesus proved they were wrong. Totally wrong. In Matthew 9, verse 5 and 8, Jesus says, Which is it easier to say? Your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up and walk? But so that you may know the Son of Man has authority on heaven on earth to forgive sins. Then he said to the paralytic, get up, take your mat, go home. And the man got up and went home. He said the same thing in a different way. The man was able to get up and go home and he was forgiven. He was healed and forgiven at the same time. When the crowd saw this, they were filled with awe and they praised God. Even Jesus did things that praised, that brought praise to God who had given such authority to men. So don't settle for the old way you've been living. Don't settle for that. Come to Jesus today. Be forgiven. Be cleansed. Be freed from whatever is paralyzing you in your life, whatever's drying you out, whatever's wasting you away. Get rid of it. Let it go. Start 2019 fresh. Give your life to God today if you have to. That's our invitation song today is I Surrender All. I hope you've done that. Most of you here have done that. But if you haven't done that, I want to help you do that. So as we sing that song, I'll be up front and I'll be ready to help you. If you're ready to surrender everything, including your life, to Jesus, I'll be up front ready and waiting for you. Or maybe you need to come up and rededicate your life. Start out 2019 that way. And let go of 2018 and 17 and 16 and on and on backward and just step out in that future with God. 
I surrender all. Let's stand and we'll pray and get ready to sing.